Hello, it's David here. As the UK further eases out of coronavirus lockdown, the news agenda is following. So from today, this show will be taking a wider look at events going on outside of the global pandemic, but we will still be covering major developments as they occur. Please do subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our news, analysis and interviews every day at 4pm. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. The tragedy of a terror attack in Reading. It's a beautiful day on Saturday. People obviously out and about enjoying their freedoms, which is obviously what we want. Of course, we have to just make sure that we are vigilant, we're alert, and we're always mindful of the environments that we're going into. Home Secretary Priti Patel during a visit to the site where three people died and three others were injured. Our Home Affairs editor Martin Bentham tells us how a man reportedly known to MI5 could carry out an attack. And Today is about people like my mother and father who came to this country in the 1950s. My mother came on a boat, not the actual Windrush boat, but another boat. My father, who is a bit impatient like me, came on an aeroplane. And they were always proud to help, to work. Diane Abbott on Windrush Day. Have lessons been learned? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, what happened in Reading? This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. As a bell rang at Holt School in Wokingham, pupils and staff gathered outside, some holding hands, to pay two minutes silent respect to teacher James Furlong, one of three people killed at a park in Reading, in what's being treated as a terrorist attack. James was a very kind and gentle man. He had a real sense of duty and cared for each and every one of our students. He truly inspired everyone he taught through his passion for his subject and his dedication. He was determined that our students would develop a critical awareness of global issues and in doing so became, become active citizens and have a voice. 
Co-head teacher Anne Kennedy read a short statement summing up the loss to their community. The shock to a nation is harder to describe. The country is just coming out of lockdown. People are leaving their houses for the first time in months, heading to places like parks to enjoy a new freedom. Now terrorism is back on the agenda. Our editorial column says even as we throw our energy into fighting a pandemic, we cannot let our guard down on older threats. Exactly what took place on Saturday and why is still uncertain, but it looks likely that the suspect, Kyrie Sadallah, was driven by political or religious hate. He is being questioned under the Terrorism Act. He is reported to have come from Libya and to have been identified by MI5 in 2019. The story, sadly, is a familiar one. However effective our security services, and they mostly do their unseen job well, there is a limit to their ability to control threats from abroad. There was a time when Britain faced one sort of terrorist challenge from Libya, state-sponsored support for the IRA in the days of Colonel Gaddafi. Now, if Sadallah's Libyan links are proven, we face a different kind, the product of chaos. Libya has never recovered from Gaddafi's rule and the consequences of his downfall. That does not explain, let alone justify, the brutal criminal act which took place in Reading at the weekend. But it is a reminder that even the strongest borders cannot cut us off from the world. Well, our Home Affairs editor, Martin Bentham, is covering the story for the Evening Standard. And Martin, this is being investigated as a terrorist attack happening just as the country comes out of lockdown. And that just reinforces the shock, doesn't it? Well, it does. Although, unfortunately, we've had in the last six months, we've had the Fishmongers Hall attack and we've had the Stressham attack. And so it's been very clear, actually, to the counter, you know, the counter-terrorism police, the intelligence agencies, they've been quietly warning, or even loudly warning, I suppose, except that people have been paying attention to other things, that the threat hasn't gone away. Of course, the threat has, has been away in the short term because everybody's been indoors pretty much, and the opportunity for crowded places, attacks and so on hasn't really been there. But the underlying issue of a lot of radicalised people and a lot of vulnerable people who might be tempted into it um, in the country uh, still remains. And of course, you know, one of the problems that actually, although it's not relevant in this case particularly, I don't think, because he, this man had been in prison, but for those people who've been on lockdown, they've had more time to spend online, more time to get bored and frustrated, um, more time to, you know, people losing their jobs, all of these things are potential causes of radicalisation as well. I don't think any of those points are likely to be greatly relevant in this particular case, but they are underlying problems which have just changed the nature of the, the terrorism beast, so to speak, during lockdown and uh, and certainly mean that it hasn't gone away, as we unfortunately now just seen. What do we know about this man who is in custody? He's apparently come up in, in MI5 sites before. Well, what we know is that he came here as a, a Libyan refugee, a, a Libyan, came to this country, claimed asylum, was given asylum. At the same time, he's had a you know, substantial history of mental health problems, I think, and also uh, some violent offending, some quite nasty violent offending. 
clearly from that point of view he's he's been a concern to the authorities in general but not to the counterterrorism world the only time when he came into the focus of the counterterrorism world was uh, last year when apparently a warning was given some information was given about some intent that he had to go overseas to possibly fight there when these this bit of information was checked out it was apparently a very vague piece of information in the first place and there was nothing found to substantiate it at all and no reason to subject uh, to this man to further investigation and launch a formal investigation from MI5's point of view. The Home Secretary, Priti Patel, has been talking this morning in, in Reading about how they will have to learn lessons from this. I mean, this is a tragic, tragic event. It really is. We've seen three people die. So there is extensive work that's taking place. Yes, with the police, but obviously now with CT police as well and the intelligence community and all aspects of policing. Um, and we've got a lot of information to gather. We have to look at all aspects as to what happened on Saturday, the individual that's in custody as well, to ensure that, yes, justice is served, but also uh, we make sure that we learn the lessons from what has happened over the weekend to prevent anything like this from happening again. But ultimately, this is just an extremely difficult thing to police, particularly with the unique challenges of lockdown, which you've already described, Martin. I think in this case, it's more or less the, the lessons learned are probably going to be, I mean, first of all, they always say, you know, the, the government obviously always will say that and always will look to see if there are lessons to be learned. So I think to an extent in this particular case, it's a certain, it's a, a formulaic uh, a statement of the obvious that they will seek to do that. I, and I think the where there may be some questions, and this is probably a developing area, is, is of course his immigration status, how he came to get asylum when he had a history of offending and so on. But even then, as the attacks at, West, at Fishmongers Hall and in Streatham show, there are plenty of homegrown extremists who are causing a problem anyway, unfortunately. Next. There was a major inquiry that was commissioned by Sajid Javid when he was Home Secretary called Windrush Lessons Learned. But there's no sign that we've actually implemented the recommendation. Diane Abbott, have lessons been learned as the UK commemorates 72 years since the Windrush generation arrived? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. It's 72 years since HMT Empire Windrush arrived at Tilsbury Docks in Essex. She carried around 500 passengers, mostly from the West Indies, who answered a call from the UK for people to help fill post-war labour shortages. This was the beginning of the arrival of the so-called Windrush generation, who in 2018 were at the centre of an immigration row when at least 83 people were wrongly deported. A review published earlier this year made 30 recommendations and accused the Home Office of ignorance and thoughtlessness. 
To mark the day, the Prime Minister's met with members of the new Windrush Working Group, but is enough being done to make amends and help those affected? The Evening Standard's Matilda Mallinson spoke to Diane Abbott, who as former Shadow Home Secretary campaigned for the half a million people who came here and their descendants. With the Windrush scandal, beyond the administrative oversights, what did it reveal about this country's attitude towards immigration in general? The Windrush scandal didn't come out of a clear blue sky. What it reflected was the disorganisation within the Home Office, the lack of concern for people as individuals, and it was almost as if, because your skin colour was black, you almost had to prove that you were entitled to be here. Were lessons learned from the scandal? There was a major inquiry that was commissioned by Sajid Jabir when he was Home Secretary called Windrush Lessons Learned. But there's no sign that we've actually implemented the recommendation. I mean, the recommendations were about better training, about um, Home Office officials actually know more about the history of this country, the history of empire and colonialism, which is quite topical now with the Black Lives Matter events. So they commissioned a big report. It had some important recommendations, but they've yet to be implemented. What are the most urgent things that haven't been implemented? The Windrush Lessons Learned Review made a number of recommendations. One was better training and education for Home Office officials in terms of the history of this country and colonialism and so on. But it also called for an immigration commissioner um, in order to have someone very close to the top of government who would be concerned with the welfare of migrants. And that appointment has not been made. Would you say there's anything we have learned from the Windrush scandal? I think the general public has understood how terrible some of the treatment that is dished out to migrants by the Home Office is, because I don't think they understood before. And I think the next scandal waiting to happen is what's happening to EU migrants trying to get their status settled. The Home Office has some really systemic problems in the way that it deals with its clients. But at least the Windrush scandal has made more people aware of that. What is today all about? Today it's about people like my mother and father who came to this country in the 1950s. Um, My mother came on a boat, not the actual Windrush boat, but another boat. My father, who is a bit impatient like me, came on an aeroplane. But they came to help the mother country. As far as they're concerned, they were coming to the mother country and they were always proud to help, to work. My mother was a nurse, my father worked. In fact, they were so proud of being British, so proud to help the mother country. And this day is about that generation, what they gave, what they contributed and how they should be honoured today. The Home Office says the Home Secretary has been clear the mistreatment of the Windrush generation by successive governments was completely unacceptable. She will make a response to the review before the Commons summer recess. It also says the compensation scheme has offered claimants more than £640,000 in its first year and 12,000 people have had their right to remain in the UK confirmed by the Commonwealth Citizens Task Force.
And that's The Leader. Why not check out our morning briefings through your smart speaker? They're available every weekday from 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.